Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just James. Hello, everyone. I'm still trying to figure out my stupid intro music. I'm having so many computer problems at the moment. Um, welcome back to the podcast for those of you guys that are my regulars and for anybody new, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is me, James. I have my best friend next to me, my plant, Thomas. He is not very happy with me at the moment. All of his little end leaves are going brown and I don't know if it's a seasonal thing. I don't know if it's because it's been so freaking cold in London at the moment or if he's just being a douchebag, but he's not as pretty as he normally is. So I'm taking a bit of extra care of him this week, giving him some extra nutrients. I don't want to cut his little legs off um, to like get rid of all the dead leaves. I don't really know what to do. So if anybody's got some great plant advice out there for me, please let me know because um, he's just a little bit miserable at the moment. Um, he's a bit worse for wear and he's normally such a beautiful boy. So I care and I'm worried about him. So, the reason why I'm not an adult this week, who has not done the podcast until actual Wednesday? Hey, who has not stuck to any talking points and, and just winging this? Me, who put a load of laundry on as I was about to record and realized that in previous podcasts, you guys comment on that and say that you can hear the washing machine. Me, so I had to wait an hour. And somebody is doing some work in my building. I don't know where it is, but they, there's consistently this like banging noise on. It sounds like a pipe outside or in the walls. I don't know. So Mary, so if you hear that noise, I'm not being an adult this week because I've been doing this podcast for almost. I've done it for a year now. This is my second year of doing the podcast, and I still haven't pulled my freaking life together to like do this in within regular timing. So sorry, guys. I know some of you wait patiently on a Wednesday morning. Um, I'm running so late this week. And you know, the worst thing is I thought about it last night, but I was a good girl. I actually went and exercised, uh, and I'm sticking to my little workout routine. So I feel like that was a good enough excuse to not do it. And then I ended up doing calls. I deal with the U S market quite a lot in my day job. So I ended up working quite late last night, dealing with, um, some amazing customers in, uh, Texas and Kentucky. So, I didn't record it last night. I should have done this on Monday when I had the time and I haven't. So sorry, guys. I know some of you guys wait for it, but, but in my own fairness, it is Wednesday and it's still, I'm still going to get the podcast out. So um, yeah. <laughs> even though I am clearly an unorganized adult this week completely. So anyway, we have had some snow in London on Sunday, which was amazing. I sort of woke up to everything being white and pretty. And some of my neighbors had built two little snowmen. And it's now Wednesday. We've had rain for a couple of days. And the snowmen are still going strong. But they're looking a little bit worse for wear. They're a little bit like black in corners. And, you know, I think the nose is going a little bit skew. But it's been quite cute that they've sort of lasted through the week. It just shows how cold it's been. And on Monday, I went for a walk to sort of stick to my exercise routine. As I mentioned last week, I am trying to get fit and healthy and get my ass off the couch. It's so difficult when it's so cold and miserable outside as well. But I am trying. I sort of did I did well the beginning of last week. I was sort of like rearing to go. And by the end of it, I, I just got so busy with everything in life. 
that it got bad and down. And then by the weekend, I did not want to leave my flat, especially with the snow and stuff. So this week I'm trying really, really hard. I've sort of worked out for two days today. I'll sort of have a, a slightly calmer day and I'm trying to eat a little bit better. I One of the things on my eating plan was a chili con carne. And I've decided that I'm never making it again. It did not sit well with my system in any possible way. So I've said to my trainer, please, can we change that? And uh, one of the things on my eating plan this week is spaghetti bolognese. And I'm actually not a big fan. I, I mean, if you give it to me, I'll eat it. But it's not something I'd order off a menu. It's not something I really cook. I'm not a big mince fan. I just I just don't really cook with mince very often. It's I'll buy it with all the intentions and stick it in my freezer, and never actually like come. You know, I'll never actually cook it. And then eventually, like either chuck it away or give it to my brothers to to make because they love spaghetti bolognese. So we'll change that. And I suggested we change it to steak, but he said steak's a little bit too fatty. So. We'll see. I might have to eat more fish and things like that this week, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I spoke to my dermatologist this morning. My skin is breaking out so badly. Like my forehead has all these little like pimples, my like around my nose. And I think that my skin is just reacting really badly to my skincare routine at the moment. I have changed it in, um, you know, in fairness, I sort of like, I like doing this. And I've changed all my skincare products. So I think I need to change them back to what I was using. I just think sometimes, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s. You know, I'm a 30-something-year-old freaking woman and I still get pimples. It's ridiculous. When when do they go away? Does anybody, like, have this answer? Surely, like, I've been through the teenage stage. I've been through my 20s. I'm now in my 30s. I shouldn't have pimples. I, it drives me freaking mad. I wish my body would, like, realize. I think my body does think I'm 15. I wish I looked like I was 15, <laughs> but I don't know. So I think I'm going to have to change my skincare routine back. I was trying like more cost-effective products that were recommended by my dermatologist um, that was sort of like the, the, the behind the scenes, like these are cheaper, use these. It has the same effect as like the, you know, the more expensive products. But quite honestly, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing a worse result with the like cost-effective products. Then going back to my original skincare routine with a more expensive product range. So I think, unfortunately, my skin seems to be bougie. So my skin wants fancy stuff. My wallet does not. So we're going to have to listen to the skin because I can't handle this breakout anymore. It look, My skin looks terrible. I look like I've got acne. It looks terrible. So, um, I mean, it's not that bad. But, I mean, I think I'm overreacting as well. But I'm also upping my water intake. I'm eating healthier. It could just be like purging my system and pulling everything out. But I am trying. And like I found last week, my muscles were so sore after working out because I'm like shocking my system. And then I didn't want to do anything because I was so sore the next day. So I sort of looked at things that would help with that. And like one of the things is swimming. But as you guys know, I have an absolutely rational fear of sharks in a swimming pool. So um, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to jump in a pool under any circumstances and it's freezing cold and it's winter and I'm not doing it. And all the gyms are closed. So I can't do it anyway. So we're not going to get attacked by sharks. I'm going to leave that to Michelle who keeps sending me pictures in her gorgeous hot tub in her house. And then I don't hear from her for hours and I assume that she's now been consumed by a shark. So, you know, rest in peace, my friend. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to swim to help the muscles. It's just, I mean, I'll swim in my bath. 
Um, but I mean, I think the only thing that's really good for muscle recovery is a bit of rest and rejuvenation, you know, sort of giving your body the chance to repair itself, replenish the energy, repair those muscles, um, you know, repair the, the damage you sort of done to, um, to hurt it in the first place, maybe doing some really light exercise, some yoga, some stretches. I found that really worked for me last week. Um, applying heat works as well. I used like a little hot water bottle on my, on my upper thighs. I found that like helped, helped a little bit to like help, you know, stimulate the blood flow into the muscles, but also one of those little rolly things. I don't know what they're called. You like roll on them and then they like help like get the circulation going. I don't actually have one. And I'm pretty sure the technical name for it and the scientific name is the roly thing. So if you have a roly thing, <laughs> I don't mean that, um, get one of those as well. So, um, you know, go for a massage if you can. Unfortunately, with, with lockdown and all of that going on, it's really hard to actually get a massage because you can't, you know, all of those those places are closed. But if you've got like a partner or a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or meh, 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 um, get them to maybe like give you a little massage, get some like blood flowing, increase the range of movement. Uh, you know, if your muscles are sore, um, acupuncture is also a really good thing. If you've got like a massage therapist, they can do that. Um, even taking things like anti-inflammatories. I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor. I have no medical degree. I cannot tell you to take any medication. Please can I make that very clear. You take anything that you put in your bodies at your own risk, discretion, idea i cannot be the one that says take some medicine over the counter or not um so please do that at your own risk like aspirin ibuprofen uh naproxen my uh microdol you know there's so many things you can do but i can't tell you to take medicine so please don't read into that i am very quick to sort of shove painkillers in my mouth because i'm fine with it it's my body but of course you know if anything happens to you i don't want you to turn around and be like james tell me to do this so no, I never said that. I am just suggesting that um, it worked for me. So one of the things um, I have come across a great, amazing pair of leggings at the moment. And it's a compression legging that you would use for working out, for traveling, for day-to-day -day stuff. They, and they improve circulation it's good to help swelling. It's good for blood flow. And um, I am absolutely obsessed with them at the moment. And I sort of looked at why compression is really good for working out. So like a lot of people will wear spandex or knee-high socks that sort of like help, um, like sort of help with, with circulation when you're doing sort of like long-term exercise. But there are some reasons why um, using a, a compression legging when you're working out is actually really good for you. So it increases energy um, and injury prevention as well. So because it is sort of like it's compressing everything in, it's going to get the blood flowing. It's going to help with everything. It's going to also help with fatigue reduction. So I didn't even know that. I thought I, when I sort of did a bit of research, I figured out, oh, I found out that that actually the compression wear helps you do like reach mental and physical goals as well. Oh, not mental goals physical goals as well, because um, it, there's less vibration, so your body jiggles less. So no matter how fit you are, how unfit you are, your body's going to move. There's going to be vibration, why can't I talk today? Vibrations um, within your body as you're sort of moving. So the more that you're running or walking or 
you know, if you're on a soft surface or a hard surface or whatever it is, you jiggle when you move. We all do. I mean, it, you, it's gravity and body and, you know, we have organs and, and bits and pieces. So, but a compression garment will actually help with like a shock, with a shock wave and it helps to like travel up the muscular system. So um, the more your muscles deal with vibration, the more lactic acid is built up and the more prone you are to injury. So compression garments help to minimize the vibration and helps to decrease its chances of an injury. So it gives you more energy during the workout, your body gets tired. Um, they found that there was a study that was done that if you have compression and during and after active activity, you're less tired because if you wear compression socks or sleeves or these like amazing compression pants I found, um, blood is circulated sort of like within the compression and it's sort of like you, you experience more vibration as well, which causes the muscles to overwork. So individuals have more energy, they have better performance and they get tired less quickly. So another great thing is the less inflammation as well. So the fact that your body is actually moving, the muscles are working, the blood is flowing, even if it's a really tough workout, so muscles get inflamed when you're sort of working out. But, but when, you're, um, when you've got a compression, you, it sort of helps with the, uh, it takes down the swelling, there's less joint pain, um, and there's less inflammation as well, and there's less soreness. So I didn't, like, there was so many aspects that I found it so fascinating about how the, just something as simple as sort of like, there's a thing called DOMS, which is um, delayed onset muscle soreness. So wearing compression after a workout helps to get the blood flow. So there's less lactic acid. Uh, the, the lactic acid doesn't really set in and it reduces the chance of DOMS. So I thought that was really, really cool. So, and then also, you know, long periods of time sitting, standing, whether you're traveling, you know, you're wearing, you, you like when you fly, you wear compression socks. So why not wear compression socks when, you, when you're exercising and sort of increasing your energy levels as well? So long distance travel is a great thing to wear compression. And these great stock, um, stocks, stockings, um, oh, I don't want to say stockings, these great compression brands uh, really do help with that as well. So the pants themselves that I found, it's a company called Lipoelastic. They have just launched a brand new pair of compression tights that um, brand new to the industry. They got a really pretty little banner at the top. It's like a colorful banner and the stockings are in black. So if you order them, I'll put them on my uh, Instagram as well, but use the code Jamie L J A M I J A M I E L. Um, and you will get uh, a, a I think it's 10 or 15% off. So go and use my code, guys. I really would recommend it. And they're super comfy as well. So definitely, definitely recommend them as a really cool workout pants. Sorry, my phone. I forgot to put my phone on silent before I started this and it keeps dinging. So sorry about that. I'm just putting it on silent now. Um, guys, I last week's podcast, I spoke about bunny care. And I had quite a few people come back to me um, through my Instagram, which is Jamie, uh, no, it's not. It's just James podcast, <laughs> just James podcast, just underscore James underscore podcast. Um, and I had a few DMS for people saying that with the lockdown, a lot of people have gotten new puppies or they're looking for new puppies. 
And as most of you will know, if you're, if you're regular followers of mine, is that I have a degree in dog psychology and behaviorism, canine psychology and behaviorism. I'm a qualified dog nutritionist. I'm a qualified dog groomer. I have a um, certificate in dog um, first aid and CPR, as well as uh, pet adoption. So I've studied quite extensively over the years. I've owned a little business. I've basically been working with dogs since I was 16 years old. So I owned a business in South Africa where I used to groom um, pets. And then I have a small sideline business here where I um, sort of will look after dogs, groom dogs, um, walk dogs. I do, I do it more for the love of it than for the money of it because it's, I've never really focused on my little business in any way. It's just a little sideline passion. I did a couple of years ago, but unfortunately I do love my day job. So for me to sort of leave the industry that I'm in and sort of take away what I, what I really enjoy doing in the day. Um, it's a bit of a catch 22 because I think one day I'd love to sort of end up working with animals again, but at the moment I don't. Um, but I am extremely educated in dogs and I've spent, um, you know, almost 10 years working. I say 10 years, I've probably spent 20 years working with them, but I spent six years studying and sort of getting really well educated. And I actually am trained in, um, in dogs. So one of the things that I was asked in particular is that I've spoken about kitten care before. I've spoken about bunny care and I had quite a few of you, um, actually quite a few. I mean, I had about, uh, wait, let me tell you now how many people, oh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Um, I had quite a few people come to me and say, look, they're looking for a puppy. They've got a puppy. They're nervous of getting a puppy. What are the questions to ask before adopting a puppy? And I thought um, that I, it may be a topic that I'd sort of like lean on today a little bit as well, um, especially because there's been such an intake of people getting animals within quarantine I think it's saved so many people through quarantine as well. But when you're looking for a puppy, especially if you're going to a breeder, it's a, this is very different if you're going through like a, um, oh, what's it called? A, um, I want to say secondhand. It's another, well, I suppose they are secondhand in a way. But if you're going to like, a pet, if you're going to go and adopt a pet that sort of like needs a good home, they will have processes in place. So they'll ask you more questions and you'll probably ask them and they'll sort of go through all that information for you. This information I'm giving you is if you're going to a breeder and you want to make sure that you're not getting the puppy through a puppy mill. So these are questions to ask if you've decided you want a pedigree puppy and you want to go to a breeder and you want to look at like, or going to somebody that you found online, Craigslist um you know um gum tree any of those sort of places that you're going to buy a puppy from there's questions you need to ask and that's what I, in particular i was asked to sort of like lean on this week so that's what i'm going to do the first thing you're going to have to ask is how old are the puppies and it's going to seem like a really really silly question but you want to make sure that they're between eight and 12 weeks of age if they're younger than six weeks the breeder should not firstly be accepting visitors for for prospective buyers, but also it could suggest that there's something wrong with the puppies and they're trying to get them out before you sort of realize like there's a fault, if that makes sense. You know, if there's, an, there's um, a mental illness, if there's, you know, the puppy's not well, uh, there's a problem with, with them being an actual mole, puppy mole. It's really important that most buyers will probably not let you take the puppy unless they're 12 weeks old. Eight to 12 weeks old is when they will most likely let the puppy go. 
Um, but if it's younger than that, that that does put a very big red flag. And I would find out the reasoning behind that as well. Uh, you know, I understand sometimes people are just trying to get rid of a little puppy. It's, you know, this, they're not breeders. They just, you know, obviously came across a stray or whatever it is. That's a very different situation. I'm talking about from, from a, a supposed reputable breeder. So are you able to see the puppies with their mom and dad? In some cases, you will always be able to, you won't always be able to visit the puppy with their dad because sometimes the, the, the bitch is just sired and then the dad sort of belongs to another home, another family, and they've sort of paid for, for, the, for the sire to sort of like cover, cover the bitch as well. So it is essential that you can potentially see the mom. So you want to have access to the temperament of the mom. You want to make sure that the puppies interact with each other. You want to see if the mom is aggressive, if she's caring, are the puppies hyperactive or they docile. These questions will help you to decide whether it's a right puppy for your home as well. If you've got a really um, active family, you need a very active dog. If you've got a family that prefers to stay on the couch and watch movies and sort of chill out, you need a more docile dog that will sort of meet that, that sort of um, temperament as well. So looking at the breed as well is very important to, to determine your lifestyle and if the puppy is going to fit into your home and into your life. Um, any of that advice, you're welcome to get hold of me for. I can help you find that information. I can help you find the right dog for your temperament and for your lifestyle as well. So again, Just James Podcast, DM me. I'll help you with that as well. So you can find the right sort of dog that's going to fit your lifestyle. So an average litter of puppies is between five and six puppies. So see if you're able and if you're able to see the whole litter. So by handling a few of the puppies as well, you'll be able to see like their size, their characteristic, their health. You can see how they interact with other dogs, how they interact with you. Seeing other puppies is also really important to ensure that there's no inbreeding or crossbreeding, if you're looking, especially if you're looking for pedigree puppy. So you could have one puppy that looks like a spaniel and the rest of them look like Jack Russells. So you need to know like what all the puppies look like. Are they weaned? It's a really, really important question. Puppies should be fully weaned at seven weeks. And if they aren't, that's a sign that they're actually younger than the breeder is letting on. So if that puppy isn't ready to, to leave its mom, it is definitely not the right puppy. It's not the right time to take that puppy away from its mom. It's really important to see what the, what the food the puppy is on. You know, if you come home and you immediately change a puppy's diet, you're really going to affect their tummy. And sometimes, you know, if they have specific medical issues, if there's a sort of digestive issue, you have to be able to aware of that to require the special food for them. You also need to consider like the long-term costs and vet bills if it's a poor puppy and if that puppy is in poor health. If it's covered in ticks, it's got mange on it, you have to take all of that into consideration when you're actually taking on such a puppy and like putting that into your home. Um, you know, what ex social experience has the puppy had so far? So a lot of modern breeders will ensure that their puppies have an ample interaction with, with people, with puppies, with siblings, and they'll make sure that they that they sort of have been introduced to areas. They'll also sort of begin training them as well. Most of them will teach them no or down or sit. Um, however, you should um, you should be able to walk outside of the little puppy, and sort of they should be able to interact with other people, with other dogs. Uh, knowing that the puppy has so social interaction is so important for when you bring them home as well. You need to know if they've been around other dogs before. 
if they've been around children, if they've been around people, have they been to places? You need to factor all of that into consideration when it comes to you interacting and you interacting and you introducing your puppy to new surroundings as well. So if that puppy's never had any interaction with anything, you have to be a little bit more patient with them. Go through that. If they have, you'll find they sort of tend to just sort of fit in with your lifestyle a little bit quicker. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of things to take into consideration as well. Um, what should you feed your puppy? Are they going to give you a diet sheet to take away with you? Are they giving you food to start you off with? You want to know that the puppy that the puppy has been fed well and that firstly that they're on a very similar diet to for when you bring them home, like I mentioned as well. You know, you don't want to change that um, their diet overnight and then they sort of have a really upset stomach. So a lot of breeders will keep a diet sheet on uh, the food that they've eaten that you can take home with you, letting you know like what they fed them, how much. And it's really, really handy when you sort of like taking on the puppy, you can sort of like take on their diet straight away and then slowly wean them into the, the foods that you maybe particularly prefer them to be on, or maybe the vet recommends. Um, when are you allowed to take the puppies home? Puppies should not be able to leave their mother before eight weeks, which I mentioned at the very beginning, because it can affect the development. The majority of breeders will let you take the puppy home between eight and 12 weeks. So, you know, if you're meeting the puppy a little bit younger than that, you can then sort of prepare yourself for everything you need to do in your home before the puppy comes. Uh, what vaccinations had the puppy had and when is the next dose due? That's so important because puppies should be vaccinated between six to nine weeks old. And then the second dose is between 10 to 12 weeks old. So if you need to still have all injections done, you need to obviously take that cost into consideration. But if the puppy's already had all of that um, and it's included in the cost, then you can sort of take your puppy home, done and dusted, and you know it's all done. You just have to, if they haven't been microchipped, still microchip them. And of course, as they still get a little bit older, is ensure that they've um, spay and all of that sort of stuff. But also if they haven't had their injections, you can't take them to places like the park um, and interact with other dogs because they can actually pick up illnesses and sicknesses. So they need those injections. It's really, really important. You know, has the puppy received any other treatments such as worming? You know, similar to vaccinations, around the same time puppies should be treated for worms and fleas. So you you know, sometimes puppies are, are actually born with worms and it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just happens. So the poor little things have to be treated for it. So that has to be added to your to-do list. Have they be, have they had those deworming? Do they still need it? You know, if you're going to kiss and hug, hug your puppy as well, you, you may need to deworm your family at the same time. So you have to take all of those costs in as well. Um, can you have a copy of the health certificates for the parents? So depending on the breed, some pedigree drugs will have inherited conditions that can be passed down to their puppies. So by checking the dog's health certificates, you'll be able to see the common problems and what you need to look for. It's really, really important. If you have a, a breeder whose um, dogs have got hip dysplasia and uh, skin conditions and uh, dog leukemia and things like that, they could all come down to the puppies. You need to know that information so that you can make the right choice. And also because it's going to cost you along their lives for the medical fees. You need to think about that as well. It's really, really important that you have pet insurance, that you're, you're covered because it's happened to me. I got lobbied at the two and a half grand bill when my little spaniel Lulu got sick. And um, 
I wasn't, it was a cost I'd never expected. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. And it definitely, like, it took me ages to pay that off because I just didn't have the money at the time. I, I wasn't prepared for that. I was brand new to the UK. I really, really wasn't expecting such a high cost. Um, and I learned the really hard way on what pet, how imperative pet insurance really is. Um, can you, one of the very important questions is, can you return the puppies if there's health problems? Now, fingers crossed that never actually happens, that, that you never take a puppy home and it's in such ill health that you feel that you have to return it. But you need to know that if that ever does happen, that they are willing to refund you, they are willing to return the puppy. Because if it's a pet mill as well, they won't care about that. Whereas if it's a reputable breeder, they should be able to sort of give you that refund as well. But have that conversation first. Don't take the puppy away and then suddenly you get stuck with a really ill puppy that you've got to sort of take on excessively high um, vet bills where you could have maybe just got your money back and returned the puppy, which is so sad. I would hate that to happen to anybody. Um, ask them if the puppy, I know in some countries you have like a kennel club. It could be different for different countries. I know I've got so many lovely listeners from so many different places. So um, check your local sort of listings of what it's called. It may be called a kennel club. It, I'm not sure, you know, I, unfortunately I don't know everybody in the world's, um, you know, places but look if you if you're particularly looking for a pedigree dog the breeder should have registered the puppies at the kennel club so they can provide the certificates to state that they are indeed pedigree if the application is still pending it might be asked with it might be worth asking for certificates for the mom and dad so that you've got proof that it is actually a pedigree dog if you're going to spend two and a half three and a half four and a half five and a half grand on a puppy you need that information. You can't just walk away without it. Are you able to get references from previous puppy buyers? You know, if it's a professional breeder, you should be able to contact previous buyers and discuss discuss their dogs. You know, there, there should be um, a second option about the breeders and discuss openly whether the, whether the dogs um, were what they were hoping for. You know, they should have references and pictures of previous puppies that they bred um and like success stories you know ask them for that that should be on their websites or on their newsletters or you know there should be a way for you to see what they've succeeded in if they are actually professional breeders um will there be a contract of sale so all respectable breeders should be able to provide you the contract of sale this will state the responsibility for you as the owner as well as the official documents for your records so that's really important. If you're buying a pedigree puppy, you need that registration to the kennel club. You need the contract of sale and you need proof that that, doc, that that puppy is a pedigree puppy. It's official documentation that you need for your records. So does a breeder place any guarantee on the sale of puppies? Occasionally a breeder may require that you have a puppy spayed or neutered. There may be sort of rules that you can't then take that puppy and breed it. Um, you can't maybe some breeders won't let you use the dog as a show dog um, because they obviously are the, they sort of want to keep their bloodline and then be the breeders rather than you suddenly come up and you're a competitor to, to their dogs. So it's essential that you know all that information before you, you make a decision. And then suddenly you get disappointed when they say to you, you cannot rebreed, you cannot, um, you know, show the dog, et cetera, et cetera. You need to know all that information. So, and other than that, 
when it comes down to getting your little bundle of joy, I really hope you guys have a great puppy. Uh, I, you know, I'm always going to push adopt, don't shop. You know, there's so many great dogs out there that really need a home rather than going for a pedigree puppy, but it is personal preference. I say that, but I mean, in my life, all of my dogs I've ever had have been pedigree. Uh, Lula, my spaniel, was pedigree. Siam, my, my uh, Scotty, was pedigree. So I can't sit on like my soapbox and be like, adopt, don't shop, when I personally have never done it. Um, you know, I went through a breeder for both of my dogs in South Africa many, many years ago. I was 19 when I got Lou um, and I was 22 when I got Sire. So, you know, I loved them. They, they were my, my babies, you know, and, and as you guys know, I'm still – I'm still not ready for another pet. I'm, I'm still not over the loss of my dogs. I still miss them every single day. Um, so, oh, sorry, my phone. I hadn't put my phone on silent. My phone was ringing there. Um, sorry about that, guys. I'm actually just, <laughs> I'm going to put it on silent. I'm just in days. I swear, you know, because I haven't actually, like, I'm a day late on this podcast. I think I'm a day late on everything today. It's one of those things. I swear I'm going crazy. Michelle, you got the conundrum right last week. What what goes up but never comes down? And the answer to that was your age. Um, nobody else actually um, guessed the conundrum. I want to know from you guys, do you still want me to do the conundrums every week? Because if if it's something that nobody's really going to pay take part in anymore or doesn't really care about I'm going to stop doing them and just move on uh cut out the segment of my um podcast it's entirely up to you guys I will put a uh poll up on on Instagram and you guys make that decision and from there we'll either keep the conundrums we'll remove the conundrums it's entirely up to you um, but let's do this week's one which is the more of this there is the less you see what is it so that's the more of, of this there is, the less you see, what is it? So give me your uh, answers on, on Just James Podcast on Instagram, DM me, and, we, and we'll make that decision next week if we're going to keep this um, going or not. So I love biltong. I'm South African. Biltong is a dried meat. It's almost, for, the, for those Americans, it's like... Um, what is it like? Um, oh, what do you guys call it? Um, oh, what is it called? Oh my gosh, my brain's gone blank now. It's um, beef jerky. So, but your beef jerky, you sort of dip in, in. Um, I I want to say like it's dipped in something. Um, uh, I want to Google it quick. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so beef jerky is dipped. Um, it's similar to it, but built on. I think tastes better. And it's dried meat. So it's, um, I think they put it in like vinegar and then they put spice on it and dry it out. So it's my, it's probably my favorite thing in the whole world being South African. But it's, there's, there's a big debate in the UK on which is better, Bovril or Marmite. And some people are Bovril people, some people are Marmite people. Uh, but Biltong's the same. Like the, there's two main suppliers in the UK, or, or in Wimbledon where I live anyway. Um, one is a company called Snoggies and one is a company called Savannah. And some people are like Savannah Biltong supporters. Some people are Snoggy Biltong supporters. And I am through and through and through Snoggies. I will not go anywhere else. And I actually have Biltong delivered to my door probably once a week. Biltong and Druavos, which is like a dried sausage. 
Um, and they're great snacks. They're low in, low in fat, high in protein, and uh, a really, really sort of great, great snack. So Snoggies has been like my company forever and always will be. And I will fight anybody to the death that Snoggies is better than, than Savannah. Um, but I must say their, their service for their online delivery is impeccable. I placed an order yesterday for Viltong and some Druivors, I think at one o'clock. And by four o'clock, I was at my door. And I just have to say what great service. The delivery guy is friendly. He's so nice to talk to. And I really, the product is great. The delivery is great. The service is great. And that is my review for this week, guys. If you're looking for a really great Viltong supplier, it's S-N-O-G-G-Y, uh, I think. Let me make sure of that. Uh, I'm just putting my computer here. Snoggies. Snoggies. Let's just look for that. Yeah, so yeah, so it's S-N-O-G-G-Y-S.com. Um, if you're looking for really great Biltong anywhere in the UK, they are amazing. I would really recommend. Go and have a look at their website if you guys want to um, order some stuff. I don't know if they do international deliveries for the rest of the world. Uh, but it's www.snoggys.com, Snoggies. Uh, definitely my recommendation for a great, great store and a great service. So I'd recommend them. For my social media this week, I'm following a really cute couple on TikTok. They're called Honeymoon Dockers, H-O-N-E-Y-M-O-O-N-D-O-C-K-E-R-S. And at the beginning of the pandemic, their wedding got cancelled. And they've actually taken that money and bought a school bus and they're converting it into like um, a van that they can drive. Uh, and I'm following sort of the journey of them restoring this, the school bus. And I'm, it's quite, I'm enjoying it actually. I'm enjoying like following their little, um, you know, you get quite invested in what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they explain how they sort of like, cause obviously the bus is actually curved. It's not just a flat wall. So they're explaining how they're like insulating it and how they're like getting the windows to work. It's really fascinating. And I love DIY and home repairs and things like that. So I certainly would recommend them if you like that sort of side of TikTok. I would really say that that's a great one for this week. Uh, but guys, the way you get started is to quit talking and get doing. And I hope that this week you get doing and you have an amazing week, everyone. I, again, apologize for being late. I'm just having one of those weeks. But I hope you guys dream of puppies and we will chat next week. Goodbye. <laughs>